Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back again in the virtual airstream studios i'm uh, removed from my native climbs of rural tennessee back out here in uh in the actual airstream studios Corey, you're there in north georgia doing the thing how you feeling i am I, well you know trey i i'm, I'm a little bit sad and I, I hate to start the show on a bummer but i do think that it's important you know there have been several celebrities or big names pass away during the run of this mm. podcast but not many that i have felt the need uh to bring up and remember on this show however I, I i deem this one super important and i think that we need to take at least a moment of silence or a moment of remembrance for we lost a uh, tremendous a tremendous talent a an icon a cultural phenomenon trey i don't know if you've heard but the iron sheik has passed away i did hear i feel like he uh he made it longer than i thought he would you 81 know. man he was 81. 81? I didn't even know that. Dude, ain't Holy that shit. crazy as I thought fuck? he was like, I thought he was 60. like probably somewhere around 70-ish, like between 65 and 70. That's why I figured. And and even at that age, I was like, well, that's older that's pretty than good. I would have thought he would do. Yeah. You know, just because like those wrestlers of that dude, era, bro. Like, it's amazing that it's any of them It's a miracle if any of them. Li- yeah, right. Yeah. No, the reason crazy, that you thought so. he was that age is because everyone is most familiar with his iconic run with Hulk Hogan. But at the time, he was a great deal older than Hulk Hogan. It's just that Shiki Baba uh, was in tremendous physical shape for someone of his age. I mean, Trey, you know that this man was a literal Olympian in Iran, like bodyguard to the fucking Sultan and shit. So, yeah. What kind of Olympian? 
wrestling uh, greco greco roman wrestling yeah. yeah real deal and that's not kayfabe that's legit like all of these yeah. things he's it's not this ain't some and and like i said he really did work for the sultan or something this ain't no like sergeant slaughter stolen valor shit all this is the actual true story of mr yasser i believe um but yeah but we know him as the iron sheik and that will we will forever know him as the iron sheik and i would like to um you know maybe not a moment of silence but if everyone could take three seconds and just stare at the clouds and say, fuck you, Hulk Hogan, you jabroni. Mm -hmm. I think that he would really appreciate that. Yeah. I had a resurgence in uh, recent years, uh, thanks to social media, right? Twitter in the particular. The best Twitter follow ever. Everybody found out because he would, uh, he'd just get on there and scream insults, at, you know, digitally screaming, which so typing in all caps, <laughs> yeah, yeah, type yeah. insults in all caps and all manner of things, uh, which everybody seemed to appreciate myself yeah, included. He, he was one, he was one of the best followers on Twitter. And here's the deal. Like, obviously they're not going to delete his Twitter. So if you didn't follow him, you owe it to yourself to go follow him and then just scroll through remembering because dude, it was hilarious. I mean, like I remember one time, <laughs> I remember one time, uh, Ron Paul said something and fucking Iron Sheik puts in all caps, Ron Paul, you jabroni bitch, I suplex your ass, humble you, Baba. Yeah. <laughs> like, constantly doing shit like that. He was the best. You know, he was uh, one of the larger-than-life characters from uh, a bygone era of wrestling, and we at the Putting On Airs podcast would like to remember him fondly. Indeed we would. Rest in peace. To the Iron Sheik. So uh, today, I'm once again... uh uh you know, deviating from the established form, I'm not doing a Venn diagram. I've got just a, you know, few uh, random, a smattering of uh, minutia of, uh, you know, interesting things that I think right. fit this show that I believe will hit for you. But you're doing history, Professor Cho. That's right. We're going to talk about um, uh, Neville Chamberlain a little bit, if that's okay with you. See the Pisa. He is. He is. But I found him to be a tragically misunderstood figure. Um, but right, no, I all thought that's... he was a bitch. Well, okay, yeah, sure. It was a bitch. But there's more to it, isn't it? Okay, well, I don't know that part. Yeah, well, he's it's just, just famous for bending over for Adolf Hitler, right? That's yes, 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 he is famous for bending over for Adolf Hitler. But I would like to talk about perhaps his point of view and how it's easy for us to say everything with complete hindsight do you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying yeah that's what i wanted i want to defend neville chamberlain just a little bit but yeah dude history well, will, that, uh, will you fuck one goat you know what i'm right. saying like it's kind of like that that sounds uh interesting uh speaking of which i wasn't necessarily going to talk about this right now but since it's come up since we're already on hitler you know we're five minutes <laughs> in and we're talking about hitler uh did did you know what? Okay, how much do you know about uh, fucking Salvador Dali? I knew that the man loved him a rhinoceros. Um, okay. He loved rhinoceroses. Um, he had a he had an Errol Flynn esque mustache, or of course, I guess Errol Flynn had a Salvador Dali esque mustache, as it were, depending on which one came first. I believe they were from the same era. Um, I knew that he was a bit of a, you know, he was a, not not an abstract artist, but a surrealist, correct? Yes, Would that be the, was, the frame? He was a surrealist. Was like literally, I mean, that was like the his official designation. He was part a of surreal. the, surre the surrealist movement. Yeah. Um, so, that's, yeah. That's all I really know. You know, Way I just kind of know your, 
Yeah, wavy clocks and rhinoceroses. Uh, that's that's uh, that's like I just kind of know that about him, you know. So I always knew he's like a fucking artist, artist. You know what I mean? Like just he's on the Mount just, Rushmore for sure, probably. Right, but I mean in terms of like the way he be too. Yeah, meaning like eccentric, eccentric head up assery, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like. I've always known that he was one of those dudes. I mean, you know, the mustache, the fucking, uh, like he had like a pet peacock and, yeah. and all kinds of just wild shit like that. But I didn't know, uh, until last night when reading about it, that like, seems like he also was a bit of a piece of shit. Um, really? That's not, yeah. that's not normally true with these like super famous artist types I've found. Yeah, well, you know, not, but not in a, like, in a, I mean, he was super arrogant and all that shit, too, but, like, you know, people, like, a lot of times they're real arrogant, so they treat other people like shit or, like, yeah, have, right. you know, they don't a bunch have of any different mistresses and shit, you know, treat women like right. shit or whatever, that type of thing. Like, it, no, what I mean is, like, first of all, <laughs> what? What? I just, I just love how you mean. Well, I don't mean like it, you know, like yeah, of course. I'm saying that's. I'm saying that's like that's run of boilerplate. The mill, that's that's boilerplate. run of the mill. Yeah, you know, asshole artistry. Yeah. I'm saying like, uh, first of all, uh, when he was like five years old, he pushed another five year old boy off a bridge just because it would hit for him, and yeah. then, and then it did hit for him, and the other yeah. little boy. Nearly died, but didn't. And uh, when Salvador Dali was given the opportunity to, like, apologize for it or you know, re you know, recognize the error of his ways, he instead just like ate cherries and smiled. So the <laughs> anecdote goes. So like he, he never sounds like Nero. Never right. Yeah, kind of. But also the reason this uh, got brought up in the first place, he absolutely fucking loved him some Hitler. Right? Like, oh really? Big <laughs> I didn't time. Know that. Which I like. I feel like when you think of like super fucking, you know, pretentious artists in Paris back they're then. They're anti-fascist. Like, they're commies, right? Yeah, they're right. Fucking, of they're course. Like, they're like Karl Marx and people like they don't fuck with Hitler. And in fact, the rest right. of them didn't fuck with Hitler. Of course he, not. He ended up getting kicked out of their little fucking artist commune for fucking with Hitler. But Lord, did he fuck with Hitler. He loved it. Like, and I don't just mean like. He's like Hitler hits. He was like Hitler hits. Hitler hits. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. But it goes beyond that. Uh, he like also apparently, despite being married to a woman and by all accounts, like not being a homosexual or whatever, he really, really, really wanted to fuck Hitler. Uh, yeah. uh, evidently. Yeah. Like he spoke openly about having uh, sexual dreams about him and Hitler. I he don't said, like that. I often dreamed about Hitler as other men dream about women going on. He says, Hitler turned me on in the highest way. His fat back, especially, <laughs> especially when I saw him appear in the uniform with the Sam Brown belt and shoulder straps that tightly held in his flesh aroused me in a delicious gustatory thrill originating in the mouth and affording me a Wagnerian ecstasy. Later on, Salvador Dali painted a painting called Hitler masturbating. And, <laughs> and while you might think, well, okay, but he's a surrealist. That could be anything at all. It could be, you know, fucking pictures of clouds or blurry mountains or something. He's called. Nope. No, it's a painting of Hitler masturbating. 
uh, it's still a little weird because he's like, oh, is it? Yeah, but like you, it's a Nazi sitting in a chair jacking off, jacking right? off. But, right. but he's like his back is to the viewer, and he's also surrounded by tiny horses. Well, because he had so, to show his fat back. You there know, you go. Fat, yeah, right. Fat back. Look back at it. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, a I didn't think I'd ever utter the phrase "she." That queer sure did love Hitler. Yeah. But, uh, that, this this all starting to make sense now because uh, well this isn't all starting to make sense but it makes sense to me why uh, you know the movie Midnight in Paris yeah uh, it's great yeah a great movie unfortunately Woody Allen a guy with yeah. no, uh, <laughs> no nothing ever did nothing wrong complicated idiosyncrasies as, not as an at artist all. yeah not at all it is one of my favorite movies though and uh, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody plays Salvador Dali in that movie, and he ends up going. I, I want to say in that movie, he ends up going insane, and like that's that's that whole. It's the Gertrude, Kathy Bates plays Gertrude Stein, and there's Corey yep. Stoll who plays Hemingway, and then mm-hmm. of course Loki plays F. Scott. They, he kind of leaves their group, and everybody's like that fucking guy, and so yeah. like it makes sense that he was a he had a hard on for Hitler. Well, there was a guy, there was a dude. I'm forgetting his. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. It wasn't any of the famous ones you just mentioned. But it was another surrealist painter in Paris at the time who, like, threatened to kick Dolly out of the artist group because they were like, you know, fascists don't hit for us, and it seems like fascists hit for you. And Dolly's response to that apparently was to write him a letter explaining why Dolly believed that all of the non-white races should be enslaved. (laughs) So... Let I me don't tell know, you. Yeah, if that had <laughs> the intended effect, or maybe it had exactly the intended effect, or whatever, because right. he was ultimately kicked out. But you know, I don't know. I don't know what he expected uh, with that type of response. But yeah, I knew that he was a wild motherfucker, but I didn't know he was like a wild Nazi motherfucker. Yeah, dude. You with those I mean? types of people, <laughs> like, 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 don't get me wrong. Um, there's plenty of people who absolutely oppose Hitler who are also pieces of shit. You know what I mean? You can have, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like bad people well, come yeah. in all shapes, but you usually, when someone's like a lunatic, such as Dali, that type of crazy art person, usually you're, you're at least able to go, yeah, well say what you will about him. He didn't fuck with Hitler. And yeah. Dali, he fucked with Hitler. I don't, I don't, um, I don't care for that, but you know what? I'm never going to buy a Salvatore Dali painting again in my life. You won't see it on my wall. I feel like pretty much everybody gets away with fucking with Hitler back then. That wasn't an actual Nazi. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, cause like yeah. Henry Ford fucked with Hitler, right? Yeah. Like, you know, plenty of dudes now fuck with Hitler and they're well, just like, yeah, Oh, I just, not, like, you know, I, it is wild that as many people, I, I'm not surprised that there's still white people who are like the Nazis are what's up. But it is always yeah, right. wild to me when a black athlete or Kanye West tweets something yeah. that has the words Hitler, Hitler. was right about, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> That's always wild. But and it happens more frequently than you would expect. And it's such a dumb thing. It's like, just how much the Jews don't hit for some people, just, I guess. Is that like, like if you wanna like, if you wanna say something, just say it. Don't fucking like you're not gonna win anybody over by going, you know. Hitler, say right. what you will. Like, just say the bad thing and don't put Hitler's name. Like, there's not one goddamn... Like, dude, if Hitler really, really loved green M&Ms and I really love green M&Ms, I'm not going to mention that that's something we have in common. You know what I mean? I'm just going to leave Hitler out my goddamn mouth. Yeah, we've always Speak- said Hitler don't hit. No, Hitler don't hit. Speaking of Hitler, uh, have you ever heard of the game Three Clicks to Hitler? 
Yeah, I think you told me about it. I want uh, I want us to play it on here one sometime, like competitively, because you can play. It. So for those of you that don't know, Three Clicks to Hitler is a game. It's a Wikipedia game where uh, you can play it by yourself and time it, or you can play against another person. It's where you both go to Wikip- random Wikipedia page and you both start on just something random. And the, the whole the whole thing here is that Hitler had such a huge cultural impact that no matter what Wikipedia page you start on. Within three clicks within that article, you can get to Adolf Hitler. And I would I think that would be a fun little bonus game for putting on airs one day. Yeah. I'm always down to fuck with Hitler, you know? Always Me too. That. I mean, yeah. listen, Hitler don't hit, but talking no. about Hitler kind of hits. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I mean, I remember. I don't we're going to be talking about Hitler later, here. by the way. I know that. that well, that's yeah. why yeah, we're that talking was the about him now, why, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, but like you... Uh, not to put you on blast here, although that's what I'm going to do. You like you once made the case to me that Osama bin Laden did hit in a way. <laughs> but, but my whole so, point was, my whole so, point and was, I feel like if you make that case for him, you got Hitler like, does do hit. It. Yeah, yeah, well, but here, like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, but okay. Here's what I meant by that. that? Though. <laughs> here, here's what I meant by that, and I and I, I do mean it by Hitler. Um, that you can be a great man without being a good man. <sighs> yeah. Know? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not alone in saying that. That's just true. Like, like there's like, you know, so many people. Yeah, you can be a great and terrible. Like, yeah, great. Of course. Great, great sometimes mean, goes with terrible, you know. Of course. Great like, ter- yeah. Saying that Hitler was a great man is not wrong. Like he would like he was a largely but great in this sense just means he was of great consequence. He ha- he left a large imprint. Um Dude, like, I don't give a fuck how horrible you... Rising to power is impressive. Like, the guy was an impressive fucking dude. He sucked. I'm glad he's dead. I wish he'd have died quicker. But, like, to say that, like, Hitler didn't have it going on at one point in history is kind of fucking insane. Like, that's <laughs> Hitler's got it going on. You know who's got Hitler's it going on? Hitler's mom fucking has Hitler. got it yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, fuck, man. Real recognize real. And like it probably I just realized it probably really hit for Hitler that Salvador Dali fucked with him because so Hitler hard. was an, an art student. An like, art st- yep. A failed art student. So he I'm sure, sure was. he fucked with Dali and was probably pumped that Dali fucked with him. It's funny um, too because if you, you know a lot of people are like, Oh, if, if Hitler had just made it in art school, he wouldn't have been you know, yeah. he would have never become Hitler. And it's like, man, maybe if Dali had it not hit so much at art, he would have become that Hitler. If they'd have yeah. revo- reversed roles, you know what I mean? Remember, Eddie Izzard, I don't remember exactly how it went, but he had a bit about that notion that, like, if Hitler would have been a better artist, that all this would have been avoided. And I feel like his premise was like, I don't know, it feels like a bit of a leap or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's wild to think it was just that. Like, he's just yeah, in art yeah. school, and he's like, oh, I can't get the fucking trees. I would kill everyone in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, like, realistically, what would have happened is he would have been a great dictator but had better paintings in his house. That's what that would have been. This is, we've probably talked about this before, and it's certainly been pointed out before, but ain't it something that the word for, like, you know, iron-fisted, authoritarian, bloodthirsty despots. The word for that is dictator. Dick. Yeah, it's funny as shit. And you Just, know, I didn't... Because that's two funny words to put together. Dick and tater. So, you know? It's the two funniest. And they're and you not know, like, they're not threatening on their own. No. Or like, if that wasn't a word by itself, if that if dictator wasn't a word, if you just and took you, the word yeah. dick and the word tater and you put them together, like, look, it's a dictator. That's funny. Like, it's that's not... So funny. Right, it's not... There's nothing threatening about it 
yet it describes people like Hitler, which is wild. You think there's like there's definitely like a wiener shaped potato chip on eBay going for like a thousand dollars. Somebody calling it a dictator, don't you think? Dictator. Yeah, I remember I, yeah. there was a. Uh, this is very dumb, and he knew. It oh was dumb, well, you shouldn't say it on this I, show. A guy that I started comedy with, shout out Jimmy Wilder. He used to have a. a he used to get up there and just start at it. And he was like, somewhere sailing across the Atlantic Ocean right now is a gigantic container vessel hauling nothing but potatoes. These potatoes are carved in the shape of phalluses. <laughs> it's a dictatorship. <laughs> and that's how he would start. I love that. I yeah, loved I, it. He was he was great. He didn't uh, he didn't he didn't stick around because he had an old lady that didn't like him doing comedy. So you'll have that. Uh, I, I you will. That's a bummer. The first time I found out that how funny the word dictator was, I never realized it until the movie Bring It On came out, and uh, they were they were having a meeting, and I believe it was Gabrielle Union's character that was like, "This is not a cheerocracy. This is a cheer tatorship, and I'm a cheer tater." And she said, "Cheer tater," and and I separated the word. I was like, "Wait, cheer tater? What the hell?" And I was like, "Oh, she means dictator. Dictator. Uh, dictator." Yeah. And it hit for me. Yeah, yep. dictator. It is funny. Um, it is funny. Speaking of art and chip, uh, literally. By the way, another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, silly art stuff. You know, Dolly. Like the thing with Dolly. Like I have even make like I have a very low tolerance for like for super bullshit. artsy fartsy shit. You know what I mean? Me like a very low tolerance for that it. banana. Most of, mo yeah, banana nailed to the wall. Whatever, like that. So stupid. I just, I, I just can't, right? But in looking and reading about Dolly, it made me want to look up some other versions of that. But what I was going to say is, but like even me, even my philistine ass, like a lot of Dolly's stuff hits for me. You yeah, know what of I mean? Like, it's I like really them, good. Them clocks or whatever. Like so I'm saying, yeah. Like, like he's wild as hell and surrealist and all that stuff, but in a way that. Even, you know, my trash ass looks at it and it's like, that's a pretty sweet painting or whatever. Of course. But so much of it, I just, I just don't know. So I started I was looking up examples of it, right? And the first thing I said, speaking of, you know, art and shit, 1961, an Italian artist named Piero Manzoni, Piero Manzoni, Piero uh, created, Manzoni. uh, filled 90, 10 cans <laughs> with his own poop. There you go. He, he pooped in 90 cans, <laughs> sealed them up, and then labeled them artist, artist shit, contents <laughs> 30 grams, freshly preserved, produced in 10, May 1961. Okay. Uh, would you like to know how much one ten of this man's shit will cost you oh, at God. auction? Now, like what it is now. Uh huh. I mean, in, uh, in the modern era, like the last one I see is from 2016. You'd think there'd be some depreciating value on account of that shit has like decomposed and stuff, um, or unless it's air sealed. Um, man, I don't even. I'm just ten it grand. Is, they're all, they are sealed and everything. Uh, ten, ten grand, way more. In August of 2016, again, this is the most recent one I can find. A one of the tens was sold for 275,000 euros. All right, I'm gonna solve the I'm gonna solve the country right now. I'm gonna solve the country right now. Those are the motherfuckers that have to pay all the extra taxes. 
All right. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When you go yeah. go around and find the people who are buying the banana nailed to a wall and the tins of shit and go, hey, buddy, sorry, but you got to pay the dipshit tax. You clearly have too much motherfucking money. You do not know what to do with it. You are buying poo-poo in a can. Yeah. And some people have claimed that it's not even poop, that he just filled, put a bunch of plaster <laughs> in it and said that he pooped in them all. Oh, I mean, this is shit. No. Right. It would be an undertaking to poop in 90 tens, you know. Like, at the end of the day, it would be easier just to fill them up with a bunch of other, you know, plaster or whatever and say it was poop than to actually poop in it. There was this dude He's, living in my sister's yard one time. Uh-huh. and uh Pooping out and, there? Yeah, and they kind of just let it go. Like, they knew he was living in their yard, and they were just like, ah, fuck, you know, like, what are you going to do? He lives in the yard. And I'm being they got serious. a yard hobo. Yeah, they do. They had a yard hobo. That used to be a prized possession. I know. It used to be and, a status symbol. And then they found out that he had been digging several trenches in their yard and filling them with his feces, which, I mean, you get it. It's like he's got a shit while he's out there. But that's. But my point is, is like, he could have done this. He could have just been taking all them shits into a can. You know what I mean? Like, this This is not the behavior of someone that I'm like, God damn, what a revolutionary. Like, that's some yard hobo shit. One of, I agree, one of his friends later said that the the piece was meant as, quote, an act of defiant mockery of the art world, okay. artist and art criticism. But in a letter that the pooper himself wrote, right, he his said, blood. and it right, presumably, he said, I should like all artists to sell their fingerprints or else stage competitions to see who could draw the longest line or sell their own shit in tens. <laughs> the fingerprint is the only sign of the personality that can be accepted. If collectors want something intimate, really personal to the artist, there's the artist's own shit. That is really his. That's so. Um, that's such a self-fulfilling prophecy. There you, you think have his, it. His whole thing was like, this is how stupid this is. And everybody was like, God, that is so stupid. Let me buy that for $250,000. Yeah. I don't know, but the next one on the list is related. It's also a you know, bodily function related. I kind of vaguely remember this one because I, I feel like I remember this. Part jar? For my, now, I remember this hitting for my dad. Like he would, I feel like he would bring this up every now and then. I'm sure it's going to have the exact opposite effect on your dad, whether you heard of it at the time or not. But you ever heard of Piss Christ? <laughs> oh, I love Piss Christ. Yeah. It okay, was, it was, right, it was, hold up. Wasn't it Christ Suspended in Piss was the full name? The one I'm looking at, it, the full name of the artwork is Immersion, parentheses, yeah. Piss Christ. But, 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 the, the but, the, but the Christ is just, he's in the piss, right? Just kind of like. It's a picture of a small plastic crucifix G- with yeah. Jesus on it that is yeah. submerged in a glass tank of the artist's piss. piss. And then, uh, yeah, and I remember then it's a hearing picture about and the that. picture is framed. Yeah. Right. Uh, and like, matter of fact, here, let me. Uh, for the record, I still don't like the idea that it's art. Um, you know what I mean? But, like, Jesus is a pretty good one. I'm trying to think of somebody funnier that they could have had in there that it would have been, like, Angela Lansbury, suspended in piss. That would have been pretty Look at funny. That. You see that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yep, yep, so, yep. So, my thing is, like, he need to drink some more water. He like, does. His, that his kidneys bad. are not doing good, dude. That is not, that's not what pee is supposed to look like. Jesus or not, you know. like It looks uh, like the type of pee that someone would have that thought, you know what I'm going to do for art? Um, pee on Jesus. 
you know, but yeah, well, I agree. Well, listen to this. Well, so first of all, one thing I found I thought was wild about it was uh, it won that Piss Christ won the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Arts Visual wow. Arts Award. Southeastern Center for Contemporary Art is in North Carolina. So this wow. was in 1987, the Southern version <clears throat> of the Art Awards. That makes the most sense, though, don't you think? I mean, yeah, I guess so. Because the people in North Carolina that are super into the arts are going to have been being surrounded by Jesus. Therefore, they're going to hate him the most. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Kind uh, of. But the guy... The guy, the dude, the artist's name was Andre Serrano, and Andre Serrano later said, quote, I had no idea that Piss Christ would get the attention it did. Since I meant neither blasphemy nor offense by it, I have been an observant Catholic my all my whole life. <laughs> what did he mean? My whole life, and I so I myself am a follower of Christ. So, like, yeah, what was... So what was he doing then? Like, what did he mean? Like, he's like, no, I piss on people that hit for me. I ask my whores, you know, like, is that what that was about? I mean, I guess, but you know, again, this is throwing logic at an illogical situation. Anyone who would want to use urine in any type of art, I don't think their brain works the same way as mine or yours, but it is funny to think about him being like, wait, that's what y'all took for this. No, 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 no. I love Jesus. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> another one, there's a British British woman artist by the name of Tracy E. Men, uh, who in nineteen ninety-eight created the artwork called My Bed. What what happened was she was uh living in filth and squalor at the time, like the fucking trash that she was, evidently. And uh then she just took her nasty bed and brought it down to the museum and put it there and uh everybody jacked off over it. Not literally, <laughs> but like 
figuratively. So, like, it's a real messy bed. Also, it's strewn about with things like used condoms and, like, menstrual period stains, things right. like that, you know. And she was previously just, an artist, right? Just art stuff. Just art yeah. shit. Yeah, she was already an artist what, what, when that what, happened, I, I believe. What I'm wanting to, like, what I've kind of figured out about these things is, like, none of these can be your first thing. You know what right. I mean? Like, you have to already be established in the art world before you can do one of these things and anyone think, oh, my God, this is art. Am, am, am I wrong there? Because, like, imagine, like, my brother-in-law just decided to vomit in a terrarium and take it somewhere. I don't think that anyone would be like, wow, what a commentary. But if, like, Dali had done the same fucking thing, that's what they would say. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but it still don't hit for me. Uh, it don't hit for me either. I hate it. Here's a couple of more. I'm going to pull these up. The first one's called Blood Red Mirror. What do you think that is? Um, It's, well, um, okay. So a mirror that, yep, that's what I figured. That was blood red. It's a mirror that's blood red, yeah. Yep. And it, uh, it sold at auction for $750,000. Is it, oh, Jesus Christ, is it actually blood on there? I don't think so. I think it's just the color. Look at this one. This is from artist Cy Twombly. Uh, this is a this is using blue crayon or blue colored pencil on paper, and okay. it's just a bunch of scribbles, and it's not even titled. The work is untitled, and it sold for two point three million dollars. How, dog? I, I don't know. I, I don't how? know. I, I don't. I don't know. I'll never understand this Again, shit that as long person as I live. Should pay more motherfucking taxes, right? Jesus. Here's another one. Uh, blue fool. It's called. It's just the letters F O O L, and they are blue. They're painted, but they look they look to be in like typesetting. Yeah, right. Very very simple, but it says fool, and it sold for four point nine million pounds. And it's like calling the person who bought it a bought it shit. a fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I like that one. And, then, and for the un- record, that one has a decent aesthetic to it. Right. And then another one that's untitled, just a bunch of black paint strewn across a piece that's of white paper. Franz Klein. I think this is actually the same guy that made the uh, Blood Red Mirror. Same dude. This oh, right- man, no way he did both of those on the same day. <laughs> yeah, this piece <laughs> right here is valued at $40 million. <laughs> Somebody actually bought it for $40 million. I don't know. That part's unclear. It says, to the pretentious art world. You can value art- it at anything. Right. But it says, to the pretentious art world, this piece is worth $40 million. So I don't know. It's based on something. But I'll uh, never don't, understand that shit. Um, they, they do things like, um, tell me if I'm wrong, or you might not have even heard about it, where, like, there will be a bunch of people that, like, let's say that thing is valued at $40 million. Like, several rich people will go in on it, and that thing will become their bank. You know what I mean? Like, they all own a piece of it, like it's stock or something like that. They definitely do that with art. They Yeah, because art doesn't generally depreciate or whatever, so they treat right. art as, like, assets, and they've got, like, vaults with artworks in them yeah. and shit like that. It's and also like, art's real good for money laundering, apparently. Uh, right, because you can yeah, be like, so- I spent this on that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I learned that from uh, the 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 uh, so, the movie uh, uh, the accountant. That's what Ben Affleck be doing. He would get all these fucking like Pollock paintings for payment. So there's one other thing I found in this, and I wanted to give some special attention to it <laughs> because I just 
I just don't know. There is a museum, I believe it's in uh, New York, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, a museum in New York called uh, the Museum of Non-Visible Art. Okay. <laughs> this. So we think that is it's pretty much what it sounds like. Uh, it's nothing. It's nothing. You walk around and they go, this is this. And you're like, wow, yes. that's somehow different than this. That was that. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, they don't, I don't, maybe they also have people standing there and tell you, but like they have, you know, you go to a museum, you look at a piece of art and there's a little like placard on the wall that shows the yeah. artist, the name of the art, the date, and also yeah. like a brief description of it. You know How what I mean? How they hung themselves. Yeah. Fucking, you know, uh, oils on canvas, 1974, you know, whatever, that type of thing. Well, this museum has those little placards on the wall, but there's Thank nothing you. there. Like, yeah. it's just it's just a placard that describes an imaginary piece of art that you're supposed to envision in your own mind, right? But it doesn't actually exist. Uh, so, and I looked up their website and uh, I'm going to read this to you. This is their, like, about us section or whatever. Is it the actually written out? Yeah. The idea for this institution came from an artist collaborative known as Praxis. Okay. Praxis is a husband and wife team <laughs> known for perform. Yeah. So it's a married couple who do art Called together. Pract and Praxis. they collectively go by Praxis, right? Because, of course, they do. Jesus. And they're known for performance art and installation work, such as the giving out of hugs and foot washing at museums and galleries and immersive installations. They live in New York. Um, the Museum of Non-Visible Art is an artist project that will become an actual museum, an institution run by the founders. It will be set up like a traditional art museum with an educational department and a curating department, as well as administrative offices for capital project planning, yada, yada. But it won't be, uh, it you know, there won't be any actual pieces of art there, you, essentially. But do you, the Praxis, they had, they found the way they got this to come together was they found a partner who helped them make it a reality. Oh, um, you know, you know who this partner is. is it and Bono? I know, okay, I was about to say. I would say it does make a whole lot of sense, but it is still funny. Okay. So you're on, you're on the right track with Bono, but no, it's not Bono. Julian Julian Casablancas. It's not a it's not a musician. That's another okay. good guess. It's not a musician. What is Paltrow? No, these are these are all good guesses, but no. Jared Leto. He's technically a musician. Yeah. No, not him. Oh God damn it! Okay, country of origin. Uh, America. Uh, male or female? It's male. Male, right? Yeah. Um, oh God, profession. Oh, multi hyphenate baby. Oh, so actor, producer. Uh huh. Extraordinaire. Uh, what do they major in? Pretty though? big star. Will Smith. James Franco. <laughs> God damn. Yep. You know what, man? That was the it makes that sense. Right? It makes so much sense. I don't know why the <laughs> yeah. fuck. I yeah. didn't go with that first. Like that should have been right after Lido, James Franco. Yeah. So let me let me read you some of these artworks that they have here in the Museum of Non-Visible Art. Again, keep in mind, there's nothing there. It's just a this is just a card on a wall that I'm reading to you. Right. And then you're supposed to imagine it. This is a piece by Praxis called Fresh Air. Okay. Mm. 
says, this work is like having an endless tank of oxygen. No matter where you are, you always have the ability to take a breath of the most delicious, clean-smelling air that the earth can produce. Every breath you take gives you endless peace and health. This artwork is something to carry with you because wherever you are, you can imagine yourself getting the most beautiful taste of air that is from the mountaintops, fields, or the ocean side. It is an endless supply. If ISIS is reading all this shit, uh-huh. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I get it. Like, I'm Let not saying it's right. Okay. Let me give you another element to it. That piece right there, Fresh mm-hmm. Air by Praxis, that sold for $10,000. How do you buy, do you <laughs> I, buy I it? Know. I don't How do you know. buy it? Who do you get I the, don't know. So you just give Praxis $10,000? And, and then, then they tell you, think about air everywhere yeah, you go. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And we promise I, yeah. we won't sell air to anyone else because you've got it. Like, you've got yeah, that fucking I, air. I guess, man. I, God I, damn, bro. Like, yeah. this is actually, like, this This actually, we've. I knew we did an episode on art and shit like that. This, this is above and beyond what I could, that I even thought. Like, you're fucking, you are just the onioning me to death right now. Uh-huh. Sold a motherfucker an idea. Now, granted, we're in Hollywood. We've sold somebody an idea for more than $10,000, but we were expected to then do something with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Here's God. another piece. Here's another piece by Praxis. It's called Miniature Giraffe. All right. Oh, I'm in. I'm ready to. A non visible animal has been adopted. The owner picks their name, sex, and even their personality with registration papers from the Museum of Non-Visible Art, which also keeps a record of all adoptions. About 14 inches high, it looks exactly like a real giraffe, is friendly, and loves to sit in your lap. It loves non-visible toys, as well as an endless supply of fruit, food, and treats, guaranteed to be friendly and disease-free with all its shots, and it lives forever. (laughs) Now, if that were real... That'd be fucking rad as shit. Should be awesome. Yeah, having a four or even a cartoon. Yeah, right. But again, it's nothing. There's nothing (laughs) there. So I don't know, dude. How much Um, did it sell for? I don't know. I only the only one I know about selling was the fresh air one because I read it on another location. I'm I'm reading these off of the Museum of Non Visible Arts actual website. I read that that other piece sold. I saw that on somewhere else, but I know it was the same thing. Um, I just, I just, here's yeah, a, I, <laughs> here's a piece I love from, thinking about people having a hot, these motherfuckers that buy this shit, having a holiday party and the fucking wife is like, listen, honey, my dad's coming. Uh, so could you do me a favor? Could you not mention the invisible giraffe that we own for yeah. $10,000? If you could just not mention that, I think it'll make it awkward at dinner. Here's a piece from Douglas Anthony Cooper called A Moment's Awareness. Okay, here's the description. (laughs) The owner of this piece will have a brief experience of the real. At this moment, everything extraneous to the now will be banished from the mind, and the owner will have an unmediated encounter with his or her world in real time. This artwork is site-specific. It is here. Both here-ness and now-ness will be contingent upon the viewer's precise location, spatially and temporally, but they will nevertheless be objective. This is a sensual experience of the actual world, which can be considered an art installation. That's literally Bill Murray from Caddyshack 
when he talks about caddying for the Dalai Lama. And he's like, I was caddying for the Dalai Lama. And then afterwards, you know, we got done. And I said, uh, hey, uh, hey, Lama, you know, how about a little something for the uh, for the effort there? And uh, he didn't give me any money, but he told me that on my deathbed, I would achieve total consciousness. So I got that going for me. That's which is fucking, nice. That's ex- yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. I'm going to read this one, then we can then we can stop, because everybody definitely gets the idea by now. But here's Keep a, going. Here's a piece by Paul McCormick called Impossible Diamond. I thought you were Diamond. about to break my heart and say Paul McCartney. No. Impossible Diamond. This diamond-shaped sculpture comprised comprised entirely of 20,000 ethically sourced 20-carat black diamonds is suspended from an invisible thread at a height just out of your reach. It rotates exceedingly slowly, and whenever you look upon it, you will be so mesmerized by its beauty that you will try to recreate its luminosity throughout the day. Again... If it, that were real, <laughs> would be great. it would be fucking rad. Gigantic, slowly spinning, big-ass, solid black diamond. It would be spellbinding. But, you know, it ain't. You, 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 remember, you remember in high school we all had those buddies who all had these fucking ideas for how they were going to get rich, all these ideas and shit that they had, and, and everybody was just like, right, how are you going to do that though? And you're like, Oh, I just, I just have the ideas, man. I just have the ideas. And we were always just like, yeah, but you can't do that. You can't make a living doing that. These motherfuckers have absolutely done that. They're just the dudes who are sitting there like, what if we had triple reversible shorts? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for a living, but for, for ideas, it's fucking crazy. So, Franco, Franco's got a few pieces in this museum too. And of course they're also still bullshit, but like I, they're, I don't know. They're sort of so. At least they're real. They're not though. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, they're, I thought. I thought when you said they're not, they're kind of bullshit, but not. I was like, oh, I thought that it was different. Well, I actually, I just, I realized in the middle of saying that, that I think I misunderstood. Here's what I thought happened, based on reading a couple of them. I thought James Franco had a movie he was trying to get made and then failed. Right, it, he didn't get it off the ground, and then I thought he had like made non-visible artworks out of like various parts of the movie that he had imagined in his head that he never got to make. Right. So like that, like it's still so fucking stupid, but like, I kind, I kind of get get it. Like, cause I read these, the, the movie was called red leaves. Right. So like, there's a piece here called James by James Franco called slave costume. Right. (laughs) And it's a, this is a, a garment that would have been worn in the movie Red Leaves by a character playing the role of a, a a slave held by the native tribe or something like that, right? But if you look at the actual piece called Red Leaves, it says film 2011, and it starts out, it says, this is an imagined short film based Jesus. on William based on William Faulkner's short story, Red Leaves. It relates a story of the early inhabitants of Faulkner's fictional... Uh, yeah, God damn it, this fucking thing. Always. An imagined yeah. short film. It don't get more half-assed than yeah. that, folks. Faulkner's, Faulkner's fictional Yaknapatawafa County. I know I wrote... No, Napatawafa. Yeah. Yaknapatawafa. Yeah. Yaknapatawafa. 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 There you go. County. A stunning and 
beautifully conceived work of art. That's a funny thing to write about a short film you're not even making. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a stunning and beautifully conceived <laughs> work of art. Yeah, it is super. a portrait of a culture on the brink of destruction. So, like, with Franco, it's like a short film based on a story he likes that he knows he's not going to make, so he just makes non-visible art out of it. Uh and then the rest of them are. What does it tiny, say about our careers and shit? What does it say about our careers that Franco couldn't get a short film off the ground? Well, but I'm saying I, that's not actually that's not what actually happened there. I don't right. think. Think it was just like him being like, "What if we had to make a short movie out of that?" But I don't got a lot of time, so it would hit harder if I just like <laughs> I just told you about imagined it. that I did <laughs> yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. and wrote up. Three separate index cards with Not three even sentences one each on them, and yeah, it's just, dude, it's it's something else. But I'm anyway, you, dude. that's about it. You know, we're about what are we, motherfucker, forty five minutes in or something. That's, that's correct for me. So we can get into yo shit now if you want to. This show is sponsored by Better Help. You know, I just came back from my hometown of Salina, Tennessee. I was there for a little over a week, catching up with some old friends, working on the house I grew up in. A lot of introspection was going down because of the nature of the trip. And uh, talking with a buddy of mine about how both of us feel like we uh, we care so much about what uh, everybody else thinks about us, what everybody else needs from us, you know, what other people think of us, that type of thing, that we almost never actually spend any time thinking on uh, – what I need from myself. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I go out of my way to do right by other people, which I think you should do. But when it comes to how I treat myself, it's a completely different story. And I think that a lot of us can relate to that. It's easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you in this day and age. But when we spend all of our time giving and giving and giving, that can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy, however, can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others, but without leaving yourself behind, which is vitally important. Joe, you're a massive devotee of therapy. Oh, my God. Big time. And BetterHelp uh, specifically, it, it really did help me in a way that I find was better. Uh, I knew I had some issues, but it was one of those things where like, I don't like going anywhere. That's a bit one of my issues, actually. Then when I found out that I could do this online, I checked it out. I did it. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, I'm a way better person for it in the way that I treat myself. Cause Trey was right. You know, we worry about how everybody thinks about us and how we treat everybody, but sometimes we don't think about what we need. And dude, I'm telling you right now from personal experience, if you're thinking about having kids, go ahead and get your brain figured out so you don't have to download any of your stuff on them. That was very important to me. And BetterHelp has helped me not only with the therapy, of course, the medication, but just giving me lifelong tools to use whenever I'm in a situation that usually would bring about a lot of stress. I know how to handle that now uh, because of BetterHelp. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And that, because that's the thing, I got a crazy schedule. I couldn't just be just be going to a dude's place. I'm in like rhode island next week you know what i mean uh just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist for at any time for no additional charge discover your potential and find more balance with better help visit betterhelp.com slash poa today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better h-e-l-p.com slash poa get your brain worked on
right, it's time once again for History of Professor Cho on the subject of Neville Chamberlain. Neville again, Chamberlain. All I really know about him is he's known for uh, appeasing Hitler, for, for, for being like, listen, we should probably just hear this Hitler guy out or whatever, and uh, that don't have for a lot of people. But you've already made it clear you find him to be a more complicated, nuanced figure than that, huh? I'm going to see another side of Neville Chamberlain today. Yeah, and I'm probably, listen, you know, just as I was thinking about this earlier, um, because like if, if, if some, if people in, in people in Britain or England or wherever did a show like ours, but about American stuff and were as completely passe about our culture as we are about theirs, I, it, I wouldn't give a shit, but I could see a lot of that upsetting a lot of people. You know what I mean? So like, no, what do you mean? What, what, what well, do we do? You, you know how we don't be knowing stuff? Yeah. yeah but we just be saying it like we do. Yeah, I feel like we're pretty upfront about being we, dumb and not knowing stuff. Yeah, that's true. But like, well, for instance, like you know, early on in in an episode, we talked about the Battle of Hastings, and like I knew that that was a a big deal. Like I'd kind of heard it mentioned, but like, bro, over there, that's like the goddamn American Revolution, as far as they're concerned. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but if I was, but if I was li- me, I, I don't know. If I was listening to two Brits talk about like the american civil war or something like and it's you know they just found out about it and they're like we would hit for me you won't believe how crazy this is and then they say a bunch of you know silly shit or get it half wrong or whatever i wouldn't you know but me and you aren't normal people yeah i don't know dude i don't think most people would like it just depends i guess my whole point is stuffy assholes might care but like yeah yeah I guess my whole point is, like, I don't know how it's going to be received, even me saying, oh, I'm going to defend Neville Chamberlain for a little bit. Like, I don't, I, I'm only coming from what I've read. I don't know, like, what the temperature on the streets of England is. You know what I mean? Right. Like, me, yeah, me neither. You know, I, I don't. And, and like, frankly, the you know, all you I've should ever... defend, though, on that note on a future episode is Margaret Thatcher. That'd really hit for her people. <laughs> what? Well, I, I have so a, you, yeah. I have, I have a two volume biography. Uh one one I think it's called The Iron Bitch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no, Iron uh The Iron Lady. Excuse me. Yeah. The Iron they made Lady. a movie out of that starring they Meryl Streep. Yeah, and apparently it didn't hit. I never did watch it. Well here's how I know it didn't hit. Maybe it's because it had Lady in the in the title, I don't know. About a bit, you know. I think that's pretty bad marketing, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. Like uh, but here's why I think it didn't hit is because Meryl Streep was in it and I don't ever hear nobody talk about it. You know what I mean? Like you think, think if she it, was, I feel like it was award nominated stuff because Meryl Streep was in it and everything she ever did. Dude, it's like she's so wild because like it's weird if she's in a movie and doesn't get nominated for some kind of award for that performance. Even like, if the movie's every, dog like, shit. whatever she does, she's gonna get nominated pretty much. It's pretty yeah, the hell I mean, of a thing. I would argue. I would argue that, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, with men, it's Daniel Day-Lewis, and with women, it's it's Meryl Streep. I would argue that— She works that, like, a hell of a lot harder yeah, than that motherfucker 100%. does. hundred percent. I, I was right going to say, like, like dude, if, Daniel Day-Lewis is the shit, but, I mean, yeah. bro. If we're having, yeah, <laughs> he I, takes it pretty easy. I like, agree. I agree. And, and I've always said, like, when we're having goat talks, like, I, longevity means a lot to me in terms of who the goat is. And so, like, if there's a goat off between Meryl Streep and Daniel Day-Lewis, I got to give it to Meryl Streep. Because she fucking, like you said, like she takes chances. And dude, she's been in some pieces of shit, but she didn't suck. You know what I mean? Ain't no movie that she was in where it was her fault that it blew. Bruh, I love Mama Mia because of that lady. Like she's just. Mama Mia is supposed to. 
I haven't watched it because I don't think it's my thing, but like people love Mamma Mia, right? Like the Mama people Mia's, who love me, people, yeah, it wasn't people, critically. That movie's like beloved, isn't it? Yeah, it, I think. it wasn't critically received well, but like people who love Mamma Mia and love ABBA, I'm yeah. one of those people. I'm a big ABBA fan. Um, and it's my niece's favorite movie, so there's a lot of that for me, but like, no, it's fantastic. Um, anyways, all I'd ever, re- like, you mentioned it when, when I first brought up Neville Chamber. I'm like, oh, that was Hitler's bitch, huh? Uh huh. I think. Yeah. I think that I always, um, I think that I always interpreted that as, oh, this was a guy that was in the pocket of Hitler, or like he had some Hitler thoughts, or like he was buddy buddy with Hitler. You know what I'm saying? And so I was always like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like he was, you know, I, it's I was more like of, he was scared of him, wasn't it? I don't, that, I don't even like, know that. I don't even know that he was scared of him with the way that it kind of all unfolded. Like you're going to have to understand a little bit about Neville Chamberlain that he was. The, the, the more I read about him, and the more that I watch about him, he really he kind of seems like their Jimmy Carter. You know what I mean? Like where you go, man, this guy was a really great man, which often don't make a great president. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I, when I heard all this shit about Neville, I was like, I bet he was a fucking despot that was just like, oh, we're going to get in with Hitler and shit. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to help out my pal Hitler. And then fucking Churchill comes in and is like, this is the darkest hour. And then fucking. See, you know, I always does, thought, I always, my interpretation of it was always that he was more, he was like, Weak willed and and soft and not not like yeah me and Hitler we're boys we're about to run this shit together more like it's like oh are you just going to take Belgium that well I suppose that's fine you know like the Sudetenland well listen we don't want yeah the yes the Sudetenland yes we we don't need to don't need to upset the apple cart over something like that you know let's let's Hitler have his day it's be I'm sure it won't come back to bite us in the future you know well before we get to the busy sorting matches you know like I I thought it was that type of thing i mean uh, like okay again, i don't know no 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 no. just like well here's the that's thing that's always it's, the impression i got somehow it's more i don't remember that, how now yeah it's more that than the thing i thought you know what i mean but i don't think it's exactly that but let's go over a couple of things that that i think made this guy who he is first because he was a insanely and what's funny is a lot of people are going to go you mean a, the synonym for weak yeah, I agree with you. He was insanely progressive for his time. He uh like yeah. like he he's born he's born in this family. His dad was like some sort of like chancellor or whatever. He's got a brother who his brother ends up becoming mayor somewhere and he really wanted to be prime minister, but like he couldn't get that shit done. Neville takes a completely different path. Like he go Neville went and studied metal at uh at Birmingham University or some shit metal. like that. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Maculinary like or thrashing? Ma- oh no, 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 not like uh, not like Christopher Lee. Maculinary. Yeah. Hey, hey, can we do an episode on metallurgy? Christopher Lee? Yeah, metallurgy. That's it. Yeah, metallurgy. You know, you yeah. know Christopher Lee, don't you? Fuck hell yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. We need to do a whole. We need to do a whole episode just me and you both tag team and Christopher Lee because that motherfucker wild as shit. Um, he, he studied uh, metal. There's some overlap between him and Ian him and Fleming. Hitler. And James they're, Bond, they're, they're, um, like, that uh, he was roommates with him or some shit. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com.
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Yeah, so, and then there's he, been some people that said that like he was a Christopher Nazi Lee hunter. was part of the inspiration for James Bond for mm-hmm. Ian Fleming or something like that, but I don't. But that's like apocryphal. Anyway, yeah, and he, yeah, he was like a Nazi hunter, wild, wild some bitch, and then later as an old papaw was like singing death metal and shit. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and was Count Dooku, um, and Sa- yeah. and Saruman. Yep, there you go. Uh, so he also, by the way, he read. Um, he read the Lord of the Rings all the way through, all of them all the way through since they were published every year of his life until he died. That's how much he loved yeah. that shit. Yeah, it was big honor for him. And apparently on the set of it, when he was uh, on the set of one of the Lord of the Rings movies, Peter Jackson was standing there and they're looking at dailies or something. There was a shot where some orc or somebody got stabbed in the back or something. And Christopher Lee was standing there and he told them uh, that he would need to change that. And Peter Jackson was like, why? And he said, because that's not what it sounds like when somebody gets stabbed in the heart or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's like, Cause, because I know, because I, I used to <laughs> stab people in the heart. <laughs> you know, <whatever>. like, <laughs> so, yeah, pretty metal that's motherfucker. Yeah. So, so Neville, uh, Neville's working his way up in politics and he, they had a, a huge uh, a crisis of people being poor. Right. It was just like, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of her twist shit, like all over the place. Yeah. And they've been and had that, though. Th- they just they finally had, decided that it didn't hit for them. It didn't hit for him. Yeah. Well, now, of course, yeah. they've been had that. But his whole thing yeah. was his whole thing was like they kept trying to make jobs, 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 jobs. And he was like, yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. And all he goes, but do you not understand why everyone's actually upset and getting sick all the time and shit? It's because we're so fucking overpopulated. Like mm-hmm. we're insanely overpopulated and there's no place for these people to live. And they can't, and these people that are being, they can't afford to get a place over here. So he basically created a lot of social and affordable housing for working class families. Also provided a lot of uh, unemployment relief. Like this dude would, you know, not do well around where I'm from. Um, he also, yeah, that all sounds like some Jimmy Carter shit. That's what I'm saying. I started reading yeah. all this and I was like, holy fuck. He was also like, he was so like militant about women being able to uh, join politics and join the war effort and shit like that. Like he, he thought it was insane that women weren't allowed to do anything. And he was like, you know, sort of like a fucking suffragette or some shit like that. Um, he also was trying to do a lot of reforms in India because he, he like became very self-aware of Britain's role in colonialization and how much that it didn't hit for them to be that way. And uh-huh. he thought, he thought that the, the Indians needed more autonomy. So like, again, all of this is getting me to like, yeah, this was a Jimmy Carter type and then some war happened and you uh-huh. can't be nice anymore. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So, but when it comes down to the, the actual appeasement, so like here was his thing. He was, he was, he was a big softy. But it wasn't that, like, yes, okay, at the end of the day, he was being like, all right, let's give Hitler this one fucking thing. It's right. just that he 
he he he'd felt really bad his entire life of the fact that he was too old to serve in World War One. Like that, he took that very serious. Like that really didn't hit for him. And because he didn't serve in World War One, he was back home doing his own thing, making sure the country was fine and helping on that front. And he just saw so many kids not come back to their families. And he had like, I mean, probably had to get therapy over. It. And he was like, on my watch, I can't fucking do this. He's like, if there's any goddamn way whatsoever, I'm not going to do this. And when I said about hindsight, it's that, like, we now know what Hitler did. Well, Hitler ain't had done that shit yet. You know what I mean? Like, like Hitler ain't had done none of that shit. So Hitler basically comes to all these people. There's this, there's this thing called the Munich Agreement. And so fucking the prime minister's there. Uh, they've got... They didn't invite the Soviets, which really pissed the Soviets off, which would later end up coming up in the war. You know, the Soviets, you know them, them guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Behind so the iron this, curtain over there. Yeah. So this, Waiting this was in the cold, <laughs> fist fighting bears and shit. Yeah. yeah. So, so this the, the Munich agreement or the Munich summit or whatever, this was all over the fact that Hitler wanted to take the Sudetenland or whatever, which is like the Czechoslovakia area and uh -huh. shit like that. Because there was like a ton of Germans over there. And he was like, well, there's already a bunch of us. That may as well be us. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Like we over there, yeah. That should just be us. That's us, yeah. That's us. Hey, so hey, yeah, y'all us, <laughs> y'all us now, yeah. So he wants to do this, and per Hitler, he had gone around and told everybody. Uh, he was like, "Hi fish, hi fish, hi fish, hi fish," right? You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And to translate that, what that meant was, he was like, "Look, I just want this. This is all I want. They're us almost. Like you got to understand, they're basically us. So like, I just want to make them officially us, and then I'll shut the fuck up. I swear okay. to God, I'll shut the fuck up." You know what that sounds almost exactly verbatim like to me? The British? Vladimir Putin and the Crimea yeah. in yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, it's dude. Pretty much now the exact same scenario. Now and, I know, dude. And, and and I'm saying I don't I'ma let you finish and all right, and I'm hearing you out and everything. But like the whole like you're like Hitler hadn't done all that Hitler shit yet, right? But like as soon as Putin started saying that about the Crimea and Ukraine, like most of the world was like, we know better than that shit. He ain't because, but we know better than that because of this. But we know better than that because of this, because of what I'm talking about right now. This is what I'm, I'm talking saying, about I think in people hindsight. People had some idea that Hitler was a bit of a prick, uh, you know, they did or have a an idea that he or whatever. Was... And it's like, you know, you can't, you can't give people. I know. He ain't Listen, just stop. he was wrong. Like, he was he was wrong. I just don't think he's the bitch that everybody says he was. Like I I really do believe that he did not think it was going to come to this shit. You know what I mean? Like he so they had but this is a really funny part to me by the way in this Munich conference. They've got uh Germany obviously. They've got Britain, they've got France. These are all people there. Um you know who was not there to speak their cause? Czechoslovakia. The land? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> they didn't get a say in none of this shit, and no. uh, so now if you, you come from a country that's that that's hard to that that is that hard to say. We just ain't gonna let you say. We'll make your decisions for you. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Again, uh, so so they had this. I watched this movie too. It was called Munich. Mun Jeremy Irons plays fucking uh, Neville Chamberlain, right? And he and the, the, it. the it was really good. And the whole reason I even wanted to look him up was because during this movie, I sort of fell in love with Neville Chamberlain. Now, granted, I fucking love Jeremy Irons. That dude yeah, is great. fucking awesome. He's he's he's, great. Uh, he's he's Meryl Streep level for me. There's nothing that he's ever been in where he didn't make it better. 
You know what I mean? Let me tell you my favorite Jeremy Irons movie. Please. Hands down. It's not even close. And Lion it's King. funny because it's not of, it's not, you know, I don't know what you might expect. No, it's uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's my oh, favorite Jeremy yeah, Irons dude. movie. Fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. Always. Smashes. Me, me and Thompson were talking about that, like, literally this week. We're talking about how hard that movie goes. Die, as much of a classic as Die Hard is, and of course it is, my personal favorite Die Hard movie is the third one. It's Die Hard with a Vengeance because Jeremy Irons plays the villain. He 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 got riddles and shit. Like three was New York puzzles. Right? Yeah, it's where uh, it's where Jeremy Irons makes yeah. John McClane makes Bruce Willis solve all these yeah, riddles yeah. to Riddle, avert yeah. a terrorist disaster. But it's yeah. actually just a uh, that's all just a diversion. While Jeremy Irons robs the federal yeah, he robs yeah. the Federal Reserve. Like yeah. He makes it out like he's going to do some Osama bin Laden shit, and Bruce Willis has to stop it. But right. really, that's all bullshit. And he's all he's really trying to do is rob the biggest bank in New York, and then he does. And Bruce Willis's uh, sidekick in that movie is Samuel L. Jackson, that's right. playing that's a, right. playing a playing a brother named Zeus from Harlem. That movie yep. fucking rocks. I'm it gonna does. I'm gonna rewatch re that soon. Anyway, go ahead. I, any I think any Die Hard's allowed to be your favorite except for the one that came out in 2007. That's the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my and, entire life. Honestly, I think what are there five total now or are there even yeah. six? One, two, everything and three are great. I'm about to say everything after Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is the third one, everything after that is like Take it or leave it at best and downright awful at worst. Yeah, but right. The first three movies are fucking awesome. Um, so yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I was just saying that Jeremy Irons hits. But anyways, I he fell in hit. love I fell in love with Neville Chamberlain in this goddamn movie. And I was like, man, I got and then so I looked up the reviews for the movie and like there was two people that were like, Well, uh the movie was great, the pacing was awesome, but like they got they got Neville Chamberlain completely wrong. And I was just like, oh, okay, word. I got to I gotta look this dude up. And, like, the more I read about him, I'm like, no, I don't think they did. Because, like, Jeremy Irons plays him as this very sympathetic, like, he didn't play him like a bitch at all. Like, this whole goddamn movie, he's just like, I'm going to talk to Hitler. Get me in a room alone with that motherfucker. But in his brain, he was just like, I'm going to talk him out of this shit. You know what uh -huh. I mean? So it wasn't necessarily someone, in my opinion, bitching out and quote unquote appeasing or whatever it was just a dude who now this is being dumb so like it can't hardly be defended this was just someone who frankly did not know with whom they were fucking you know what uh -huh. i'm saying yeah so like during this movie there's this whole like spy and i and this was like based on a true story i don't know how much of this shit is true but basically what's the movie the, called again it's called munich the last day hold on let me fucking look it up or i'm gonna be i'm gonna be upset M munich steven Jeremy. spielberg's munich is a fucking yeah, it's hard not ass that movie one. it's not Obviously. that one yeah uh munich the edge of war munich the edge of okay. war so this all takes place um like you know right before all this shit like the Sudetenland shit's going on and and all these people like like London is like holy fuck or is this going to happen again you know this is a country that like it's 20 years removed from fucking the great war like the, yeah. the, the but you know that that the, they didn't know that they was going to have to rename uh because of this shit you know and so you got fucking 25 year olds there who like they remember seeing the bombs hit and shit so like this is a very terrified people and 
no one remembers that more than Neville Chamberlain. And all he wants to do is bring peace. And for some reason, this dude who has done so much good for his country, because here's the deal, you got to understand, before all of this, even when this Munich agreement happened, he was brought back with a, with a ticker tape parade. Like everyone thought this was good. Everyone thought this was good. Like he comes back, the queen, the king and queen invite him over, and they're like, "You fucking did it." The whole country was just like, "Dude, we're gonna have peace." And you know why we're gonna have peace? Because this fucking guy named Adolf Hitler explicitly said, "We will never go to war together." You know what I mean? This mm -hmm. is what I'm talking about in hindsight. Because even at the time, you say, "Oh, I think everybody knew." No, they fucking didn't. Like, no, they didn't at all. They. This was a time when people believed still. You know what I mean? They still believed in diplomacy. They still believed in things being done a certain way. So, like, roughly what year is this? Uh, this right would here. be 1943, I guess. No. No, what? no, oh, for, 41, for, 39, 39, 39. I'm about to say 1943 was fucking, we were deep into it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 1939. Pearl Harbor 1939. happened in 1941. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is like okay. 39, right? Okay. So okay, because the United didn't States know. didn't even fucking get into it until then. We didn't think anything yeah, but was going on. Yeah, we came in late, dude. By the time That's we came in. That's what I'm in, saying. So clearly right. everybody didn't know. It's what I'm saying. Like we No, we just like didn't want to get part. Dude, so let me. I mentioned earlier that the dude who was the leader of the surrealist movement in Paris kicked Salvador Dali out mm -hmm. because he was like fucking with Hitler. And they were like, hey, we ain't with that. That ain't cool. Hitler's not cool. That happened Hitler in 1935. Hit. 1935. Okay. So like, well, for the record, there were plenty of wrong. people who knew, like, dude, this Hitler guy, that he is, this is bad news. Like, there are plenty yeah, of people. I'm not who saying knew that. that there weren't plenty of people, but number one, Twitter didn't exist, Trey. People just be thinking stuff, you know, and you can't yeah. spread it out to the masses. Like, dude, nobody thought this guy was fucking wonderful, but like, nobody, nobody at the th now. Here's the thing. Here's the thing where I will not defend Neville Chamberlain, but this is getting into some like, did FDR know about Pearl Harbor and let it happen? type shit you know what i mean you know that theory that conspiracy theory right um uh, yeah i mean i think i get it uh, yeah well the, yeah, the conspiracy theory is like he he got a wire that basically was like hey the japanese are going to do this and he had a decision to make and his decision this is the conspiracy i'm not saying this is what happened you know i'm into conspiracy theories but i don't know about this one uh was that he was like you know what i'm just gonna let him do it then we can go to war and nobody will be mad at us for going to war you know what i mean so yeah. similar, similar to nine eleven, it's it's very similar to that theory of just like, eh, just fucking let them do it, and then we, nobody can be mad at us when we go over there and invade. Um, but so Neville, this this dude who was like a hardcore, and this is in the movie, but it's based on real things. This dude who's like a hard, he was a hardcore fucking like Hitler dude. He was like, that's my fucking guy. Hitler's the man, and 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 he was like, ah, dude, yeah, he's racist. Of course he's racist, but like you know, everybody kind of is. And like, but he's got such good ideas, you know. Like, who is he this? Just, I don't. In the movie, he's played by I can't remember the fuck who, but like there was a real is dude. It Oswald something another. That's it. Yep. There you go. Is it? Yeah. He was like a sure. British PM who fucked with Hitler hard. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. So the Brit. Wait, hold on. This dude was German. Not a British in the PM. Movie. A British MP. Oh, he's German. 
this dude okay, was German. This dude was German. There was a, in the movie. There's a British dude who went to now again the movie and what really happened. I don't know, but th- but this inspired thing where there was this dude that was like fucking with Hitler hard and was like like on his uprising and was like, yeah, dude, he says a bunch of crazy shit, but really he's just trying to make Germany great again. You know, like he's just trying to like like yeah, whatever. And then like he gets he's in the military and he starts working for Hitler and he just start he sees what so, not everybody's seeing. The guy I thought you were talking about, his name was Oswald Mosley, who was a British uh, a British politician who was super oh, down with fascists and Hitler. He was in from, uh, Peaky, uh, Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Peaky yeah, Blinders. That's yeah, a, yeah, that's a real that's a real dude who was uh, yeah, really yeah, like yeah. that. I thought that's so, who you were talking about. Anyway, no, no, no. He's he's just like this fucking. He, he ends uh, in the movie. He's a he's a uh, translator or whatever, and he's working with Hitler, and he's like, holy fuck. He's like this guy he's insane like he's a fucking like literal madman and that he finds the minutes from this uh meeting that they had where hitler went back on his word which is what he was going to say what he was going to say in the munich agreement was like i promise you i just want the sudetenland just let me have that and that's it but the minutes from this meeting sets out his whole course of like world fucking domination and so he steals this shit and is like i've got to get this to the fucking british before this motherfucker signs this shit right and so if this part happened and it and this really was true, like I said, the movie said it was based on true things. If this really happened, then, yeah, fuck Neville Chamberlain, because like the MI6, this dude calls MI6. MI6 is like, we got to get somebody there to get this document. So we're going to send our guy with Neville Chamberlain, but we're not going to tell Neville Chamberlain that that's what he's fucking there for. So this dude passes him the document. Then Neville Chamberlain, this dude is like, Mr. Chamberlain. We have to have a secret meeting before this. You, there's something you've got to see. Fucking shows Neville Chamberlain all this shit, and he's just like, I, I just don't know if I can go on this information. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. You're, you're, you're talking about this is really complicated political shit here. I can't just go walk in there and be like, hey, by the way, we found this note that says that uh, you're actually going to take over the world. And they're like, right, but he's going to. And he's just like, it's just a little more complicated than that, boys. You know, <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, we, <laughs> I mean, that it is that true. Sounds like the Neville Chamberlain that I've yeah. always heard about. Right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, ha- you know, if that happened, it's like, well, yeah, you should have, you, you definitely should have. I, I disagree with what I said earlier. Uh, <laughs> he kind of don't hit, but I'm just saying I get where his head was at. You know what I mean? Like, I get where his head was at. Like, it wasn't, I don't think it was because he was a bitch. That's my whole point. I don't think it was because he was a bitch. I think it's because yeah. he was naive. I think it's because he was naive. Yeah. And I think there's a huge difference in being yes. a bitch and naivete. Absolutely. Right? Because he didn't come across to me, and when I'm reading about him, he doesn't come across to me as someone who was like, let's just let Hitler have his... He he came across to me as someone who was like, I genuinely think that we can get this done without anyone dying. I genuinely believe that. He was fucking wrong, right? But like I said, like I said... He signs, they sign the Munich agreement and then him and his dude are talking and, and there's a vid, there's a famous video of this. Neville Chamberlain asked for like a private meeting with Hitler and he's like, Hey, I know we just signed that thing, but I've just written up a thing and I want you to sign it too. And it was basically, it had Hitler's name and his name on it and was like, we hereby agree that Germany and Britain will never go to war, blah, 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 blah. He flashes it to everybody. They're fucking going crazy. Like I said, all, like everyone, the king has him back at Buckingham Palace. He's like, you fucking did it, bro. He's like, you did it. And you have to understand too, that like, not only did they think he did this, he had saved the British economy. 
Like, he had fucking saved the British economy during the goddamn Depression. This fucking guy, up until, like, up until the war, none of this seemed like a bad thing. That's all I mean in hindsight is, like, mm -hmm. it all seemed great, and then, boom, one thing happens, and we look back at it completely different. You know what I mean? And it was just that he was wrong. <laughs> it was just that. It was just that he didn't know at the time that he was talking to the most evil motherfucker that had ever walked the fucking earth, a one of one outlier fucking lunatic. Right. Mm -hmm. So my point is, I don't think he was a bitch. I think he was naive. I think he was a good dude. He did have to resign as soon as all this fell apart and they went to war. He had to resign in disgrace and died nine months later, much like Bear yeah. Bryant. Yeah. You'll have that. Um, yeah. So you're right okay. in the sense that I was wrong about, but I don't think he's a bitch though. That's all I mean. Okay. Is I don't think he's a bitch. All right. I, I can buy that. He's not a bitch. I get it. Like, the naive thing. I've said before, people, you know, tell me I should run for office or whatever. And one of the things I've said, there's so many reasons why it's a bad idea. But one of them is because, like, I know how I am. Like, if I, <clears throat> I know this is ridiculous. I'm just using this to illustrate a point. The way I am, if I like, if I like looked Mitch McConnell or Matt oh, Gates yeah. or somebody in the eye and shook their hand as they told me, "This is what we're gonna do." I've made some kind of, you know, I would be like. Yeah, well, you know, they told me they're going to do that, so you know, it's, me too. That's, that's, that's that what they're going to do. Like he looked me right in the eye and he told me he was going to keep his word, so I'm pretty sure he wouldn't just lie. And then it's like, yeah, of course he fucking lies. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what that's all they do is like. But I wouldn't, and I can conceptually know that, but I know I would also be inclined to just like I don't know, trust people, even people I know that you shouldn't trust or whatever, because it's just kind of how I'm wired. So I'm I mean, with I, you, you know, I get it. Dude, we're fucking rednecks. We're loyal to a fault. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we're trying. No, I, I agree with you 100%. It's just like another version of that whole thing where it's like, you know, we've talked about before where, you know, you meet somebody and it's like they're a horrible person or whatever it turns out. Like, the, the example is J.D. Vance, J. D. right? Vance, like, J.D. Yeah. Vance came to our comedy show. We went to a bar with him, hung out with him, all this stuff. This is way before he ever decided to run for office. And then for a long time after he started running for office and started saying wild shit and stuff like that for a long time, you know, we both were still like, publicly like, I mean, you know, Paid hell, for the pizza. He, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like he was cool to me, man. I don't, you know, like I, I don't really want to, but like, you know, there was people like Neville Chamberlain, I guess who Hitler was cool too. You know I what know, I mean? And, so right. like, and you can't, he was a charismatic guy and, and you can't be like that. You can't be like, listen, dude, Hitler was all, always treated me fair. You know, of course, like, of course you can't, that don't work. So, yeah, but I get it because I'm, I'm that inclined way. to be that way. Yeah. Right. I have no doubt that I could accidentally have my picture taken smiling with the next Hitler. Well, I, I no kind of did, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he's not the next Hitler at all, but yeah. Same I, thing, yeah. I took a and I, well, you know, whatever. So Jimmy Dore is a comic. <laughs> I knew he was a comic. He's been a comic for forever, dude. And a like, good one, yeah. He's been around for a long time. And I'm very much a respect your elders type of dude, whatever. I knew that Jimmy had gotten into like politics and stuff, but I don't keep up with him or whatever in that way. We go to the same comedy club a lot. Uh, he we took he took a picture with me. He tweeted it. I retweeted it. People lost their fucking minds because apparently he's you know a bit of a lunatic or whatever. <laughs> like a and uh, and I didn't 
but I didn't know that. And then I, but even, and then when that happened, I was like, I'm not going to take it down. Fuck, no, you know, fuck I, was that. Like, I, was, I was like, hell, he's nice to me. Fuck it. You know, <laughs> what like, so who are you, you to know, talk shit about Neville Chamberlain? That's all I'm I've saying. been there. You yeah, know, right. I've been all there. Right. I get it. Yeah. You want to do some airmail tray? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Subject line limerick. This is from Kent. Two rednecks named Corey and Trey on a podcast they call POA told how Bubba's and Kings felt the same on some things like fucking your cousins. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love good. Y'all, the old hippie. Like it. Dude, it, it is good. It is good. Uh, here's one. Subject line, Sir Paul. This is from Kristen. Hi, guys. I'm Kristen from Alaska, but now live in La Follette, Tennessee. You know where that is? La Follette, La Follette, La Follette, Tennessee. Yeah. La Follette. La Follette is, uh, it's Knoxville, right? Pretty sure La Follette's outside of Knoxville. Yeah. And I'm an it's avid definitely follow- pronounced La Follette. La Follette. I'm an avid follower <laughs> of putting on La Follette. I'm an avid follower of putting on airs, weekly skews, and well read. I finally got time to watch this podcast. Loved it. Shared it with some of my Alaska friends and family. Trey, I got to tell you, man, I hate squirrels, too. They bury black, <laughs> they bury black, <laughs> they bury black walnuts in my flower beds, and the resulting saplings are impossible to get out. Little bastards! Both of you yeah. need to watch Amadeus. Great move. That's out of nowhere, but I love it. No, <laughs> I no on a re, on a recent episode, I I mentioned I uh, admitted that I hadn't seen Amadeus, and I know that oh, I should. Okay. So that, it hit for me that it was just like. By the way, um, yeah. Keep up the good work. I love all you guys. Kristen, P.S. The mother sauces are hollandaise, tomat, or tomat, bechamel, espangole, and velu. I assume I said la folle. Uh, Right on. Uh, Ooh, we have another limerick. This is from Neil. Two fellers named Corey and Trey are sure to brighten our day. Their facts may be wrong as they matter along, and we doubt that they really are gay. <laughs> also, Trey, you should do the Venn diagram of cults. Rich people get Scientology and Medium, and the poor guys get Waco and Jonestown. Corey, take a look at Anton okay. LaVey, Carmi strip club owner and pimp who lost his best girls to Charlie Manson and then declared himself high priest of the Satanists in America. Uh, keep up the good work. Wait, did that just say, please don't use my name? Okay, feel free to use my name. Thank God. Uh, and last but not least, save this one for last for you, Trey. Subject line, going to be that guy, dot, dot, dot. Oh, that this doctor. is me, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> hey, fellas. First off, I got to say, I'm loving the podcast so far. I heard about it when Corey was on the dollops pastimes, and I have been crushing it like Corey does sour straws. <laughs> uh, without the choking, of course. That is a deep fucking cut. Remember when I told you about I almost choked on sour straws? No, you were you almost saved me from sour straws. Uh, in the, the green room in Spokane, Washington, I almost choked on a sour straw, and you were going to fucking have to give me the Heimlich? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Spokane, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, okay. I'm, lis- I'm listening in order from the beginning. Y'all just got back from England in this parallel universe. Good times. I'm right in to comment on something that has come up a few times now. The godforsaken scourge of the podcast, Squirrels. Well, kinda. I don't take any issue with Trace perspective, and I think he's probably right that the levels of cognition and self-awareness are not the same as humans. But I do take issue with saying humans are more evolved. Spoiler, we aren't. 
every species on earth has been evolving for the same amount of time so long as you believe in descent from a common ancestor and not the biblical mumbo jumbo we were beat over the head with as kids we humans just evolved differently than the squirrel so while we went bipedal walking on two legs and evolved increased cognitive abilities the squirrel just kept on looking for a nut even if that means taking them from their dying meemaw's paw with nothing but cold ass survival instincts in their blood I don't normally flex my title on folks, unless, of course, they are delivering flowers to my McMansion in Tennessee. Fucking deep cut. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That is yeah. fucking great. But I do have my doctorate in evolutionary biology. So, yes, you may call me Dr. Luke, but Luke, dude, or El Duderino, if you're not into that whole brevity thing, works as well. On the off chance that you read this during Clearing the Airs or whatever it's called in the future... Let me know since I probably won't hear from you like a year since I'm listening in order. Not to mention the squirrel bit is probably beat to death by now. Yeah, not the only thing that's beat to death. Say that much. Don't yeah. tell PETA. Making this email completely irrelevant or don't let me know. Honestly, that would be pretty funny too. Keep up the good work and let me know if you ever need an evolutionary biology consultation. Cheers, Dr. Luke Campillo. And there's Okay. More. Look, it's semantics. You, you I think that's exactly what you're, I was going to say. You're, I, I, listen, you're a it's doctor. Semantics. You're a doctor, and I'm not. I do think that argument is semantic in nature. You know yeah, what I mean. You, I know, and it's I'm and not. I'm like, with you. We're still. We are on a different tier. Yeah, biologically, developmentally, whatever you want to call it, than a fucking squirrel. Yeah, I don't care that. Yes, in terms of evolutionarily speaking, we've all been. We all started from the same place and are on the same timeline. I get so did alligators. They stop, you know, you meet, reach max level, you stop leveling, right? They've been the same for 250 years because, like, Shark. they don't need they don't need to hit any yeah. harder. Shark, right? Sharks too. <laughs> uh, well, you're talking about how advanced we are while you're just dropping your entire set yeah. around you. Well, so you know, but anyway. Thanks yeah. for the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you'd get a kick out of that. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to Putting On Airs. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, download. Follow us on the socials. Tell all your friends. The podcast, we're told by the BPP that our numbers are getting stronger on both audio and video. Let's keep that up. We really appreciate you. And, uh, hey, Trey, go to TreyCrowder.com, correct? Yeah, TreyCrowder.com to get tickets to come see me and check out my special on YouTube and all that stuff, uh, one-stop shopping. If you want bonus shit for me, you go to patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. Uh, yeah, listen to the other shows. That's about it. That's right. And if you want bonus stuff for me, you go to parttimefunnyman.com and uh, stay fancy, motherfuckers. Skew. Skew. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, mm -hmm. three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit today. We'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs.